Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we are once again, early April, beautiful weather outside, um, plenty of things to talk about. Uh, one of the things that I had on here, we're going to get to dinner and a movie because I we definitely want to save some time for that. But one of the things that I have in my notes here is uh, Sigma Oasis. One year later, the album dropped on April Fool's Day last year. Um, I guess my question is, how often have we gone back? Uh, it, it, you know, it's been a year since the most recent album, which I guess is the newest fish music that we have. How often do you go back and listen to that? Have you? The actual album? Yeah, like gone and listen. Never. I listened to I listened to Sigma Oasis as much as I go back and listen to the other albums. Never. Is that right? And it's just because you're just only only live fish, and that's all you, yeah. that's you want to do. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I play it from time to time, mostly uh, during bath time. Not when if I'm listening in the car or or more purposeful listening. I don't tend to put it on. Um, but that seems to be lately in the past year the studio album that I'll go back to and put on quite a bit like I, I would say I probably played that album at least once a month since it since it came out yeah so the the albums that I go back to are more for nostalgia right like I'll go back and listen to story of a ghost or Billy breathes occasionally yeah because like that was when I was first getting into the band buying those albums so that there's a lot of emotional attachments to them but in terms of like other stuff like I don't I don't prefer any of the versions on the albums but over what I hear live yeah um, fair enough. I, I'm thinking, um, so a couple of thoughts. Two weeks ago, we were talking about you. I was trying to guess the song that Rochelle had called you about. Remember? Son of a yeah. And yeah. Uh, I guess Julius, and you said, right album. And I started like trying to remember songs that were on there. Like, shit, I don't remember what's on that album. And I actually, I forgot to tell you this. I went back after, because I re listened to that podcast. I've been re listening to these a, a little bit just to kind of get an idea of what they're sounding like. And I went back and looked at the album listing and I was so thankful that I was right, that the songs I guessed were actually on hoist because I wasn't 100% sure what I did. Um, but I also have in my notes now where I am in terms of my listening, I'm, uh, I think on the second, third, last song of 1230, 2010. So tonight okay. slash tomorrow, I'm going to be playing New, New Year's Eve of 2010 and wrapping up that whole that whole year and i'm internally thinking where do i go from here what do i want to get into next when it comes to listening to fish and what i wrote written down is i think over the next couple of weeks i'm going to go back and listen to all the studio albums in order just for the heck of doing it and just just sure. sort of refresh and i haven't listened to um junta and i don't know how long like i, I you know it's been a really long time i'm going to go back i'm going to start i'm going to start with the white album or the white tape and go yep. all the way up to Sigma Oasis in order and uh, maybe report in on that. I doubt I'll learn anything. I think it'll just sort of help me solidify and place in some gaps and timelines that I'm not so familiar with because I think that'll be helpful. Um, but if I throw out a few songs, I wonder if you'll know what album they're from. Go for it. 20 years later. Uh, that is the uh, 20 years later. I can't remember the name of the album. It's got a black cover, Joy. I don't think it is Joy. I think it's Round Room. 
Or is that Seven Below I'm thinking of? I always mix those two up because of the number. Seven Below was Round Room for sure. 20 Years Later might be Round Room, but I'm pretty sure it's Joy. You might be right. Shit. See, that's why I got to do this. Because I, I I feel like these are things that I should know. Okay, okay. keep going. Because I like, I like this. Um, okay, let me... I'm just uh, getting into this folder here. I bet you I can even name, for some of the earlier albums, I bet you I can name every song on them, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, 20 Years Later is the last song on Joy. Okay, so let's go into, uh, speaking of Junta, why don't we go into Junta? Not necessarily. Okay, do, you want to, do you want me to name them? Sure. There's, okay, Fee. Yeah. There's Fee. Uh, might not be in order, and I might miss some songs, but let me try the disc. So disc one is Fee, uh, Divided Sky, uh, You Enjoy Myself, uh, Fluffhead, Fluffhead Travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I can't remember what else is on there, but I know on disc two, it's Dinner in a Movie, David Bowie, Union Federal. Um, the times are the thing of the cars that make contact with road. Uh, contact, yep. <laughs> Um, did I get all of them? Or how many did I miss? Not all. So you've got in order. You got Fee, Yem, Esther, Golgi, Esther, Golgi, yes. Foam, Foam. You didn't mention Dinner in the Movie, right. Divided Sky, Bowie, Fluffhead, Fluff's Travels, Contact, Union Federal, Sanity, and Iculus. How the hell did I get Union Federal? A song. Like, when the hell the last time they played that song? There's some trivia for you. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I I can try to find out. Yeah, that's one that I don't know very well. And again, that's one of the reasons I want to go back and catch all these obscure, um, not so well-known songs. When I look at the Fish app, there's only one version of it, and it's on Junta. So I'm sure I have to dig into Relist and to find a good version of that. Um, uh, okay, one more. I'll give you one more album. What could- sure tough one for you let's do let's do billy breathes okay uh billy breathe is uh free yep uh again i'm gonna get the order wrong but there's so short on this album <laughs> like, yeah. i know i know there's free billy breathes obviously waste character zero um waste. prince caspian uh steep the train song theme from the bottom taste uh swept away sleep or something like that steep steep yep it's pretty good you got uh, talk i think you missed yeah Um, i missed that one cars trucks and buses oh yeah how did i miss that one it's pretty good well that's not too bad so we'll have to do that little quiz in a couple weeks and see and see how i do so i think i'm going to do that i don't know i don't think it'll take me too long really because an album is less than an hour and shows are three hours and i tend to average about four shows a week so i don't think it'll take me too long to check it out but i'm kind of curious to go back and kind of listen to some of the evolution and some of the different things in the studio and see what's what um yeah because going through 2010 i mean i like not that i'm tired of it but i i want to change it up and then, you know, again, there's no rules. I'm making them up as I go, but I can only hear a Kill Devil Falls opener a few more times. <laughs> or And look, I'm liking those songs more and more, but obviously at that time, there's certain songs that were in heavier rotation than others. And uh, 
you know, that Joy album is heavy in rotation at that time. So I'm, I'm going to go back and change it up. And then when I finish the studio albums, I don't know. I might start 2011. I'm not sure. Out of interest, out yeah. of interest, just for sake of argument, because I think I know the answer. And maybe I asked you this. I don't even remember, I don't remember what happened this morning. How often have you gone back and listened to the Beacon Jams? Uh, not once. Not Interesting. Once yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought about that today. I was actually just scrolling through and thinking about notes for today. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll go back and listen to one of those. Not yet. It's not time. Um, but I was thinking about that in the sense of I was just going through Reddit and I and I saw your email. Sometimes the emails that you send out daily go to my junk. Sometimes they don't. And I forget. So I'll go back yeah. into the junk and I miss one, you know, and uh, uh, Friday uh, it was about grief. And, and you said, you know, you're, you're starting to grieve about it's looking like there's not going to be a tour this year which is fair and I, I agree with you but then I got thinking well what is there going to be because they're not they're not the kinds of guys or Trey's not the kind of guy to just you know sit on his hands and do nothing and that got me thinking about Beacon Jams that we got that out of this pandemic last year he found a way to perform live and put something out there once that announcement is made or once that decision is made that there isn't going to be a tour at least through the summer slash early fall what might they do could they do something differently are they gonna stick with dinner in a movie or somehow find a way to change it up but there's a, it's interesting because baseball opened this weekend and right. the Jays played in Texas to 40,000 unmasked yeah. people yeah. all together. Right. So, yeah. Am I grieving? Am I grieving? Am I grieving too soon? I'm just, I think, I think I don't like uncertainty. Like I'm really sensitive to when I'm uncertain. So yeah. I'm like, if I can create a certain, I, a, something's certain for myself, I think I'm going to strive towards that. It's much easier to say tour is over and then at the last minute get super pumped and spend a bunch of money recklessly than it is to like mm -hmm. be excited and then have it taken away for me anyways. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think about, you know, your life and how you've all like set it up. You work for yourself. You are in control of what you are doing. You're not at the mercy of somebody else making the decisions for you. So yeah. I, I totally appreciate that. You're also the type of person that plans things well in advance. You're not the kind of guy who just pick up last minute and be able to go because of, you know, your business and, and your lifestyle. So not knowing or being uncertain and July, August is, is, is getting closer and closer. I mean, we're talking three months away basically from the scheduled start of the tour. Uh, without an announcement yet and maybe that means that they're really con seriously considering it and holding hope that they can make it happen everything's booked yeah it's, it's there it's just a matter of it actually actually happening so i think a lot of things have to happen or what could be likely is they're good to go in the states and we in canada aren't ready to go <laughs> that, that would be oh buddy if that happens we're gonna have to couch tour it like we're gonna have to couch tour but we have a solution is my point, right? That's so even, even I would be bitter and grumpy that uh, I had like really great plans this year to see, you know, the gorge with my wife and to, to go to Hershey with you. But I would settle for, I could be okay with couch tour during the summer. Yeah, it's better than nothing. If it's that or nothing. But, totally agree with you. Um, no, no brainer, no brainer. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so I guess it's kind of a segue in a no brainer. Um, I've, I've been listening to the undermine podcast and last week they had an interesting episode um, about Mike's epiphany. I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but they were playing a show in very early fish days, very early uh, November 23rd, 85. And wow. yeah. Um, while on stage uh, and then during the first set and during the set break, Mike had an epiphany where he realized 
He wants to do that for the rest of his life. He knows the date and time and where he was when he, when he figured out music is the path forward. He was a student in school, studying different things, into a lot of different things. But he decided on that night that this is when I'm going to pursue music. He's openly talked about that a lot and refuses to go back and listen to that show in fear of ruining it for him. And he's the one in the band that evidently listens to Fish more than anyone else from an educational, reflective point of view. He goes back mm -hmm. and listens to the live Fish stuff quite a lot, apparently, but he will not go back and listen to that in fear of ruining the mentality and the mindset that he had that night. So yep. with that, I just, I'm trying to think of if, if there's, um, I think it's a great thing for somebody to be able to have that epiphany and know what they want to do and be so purposeful. Um, and I think it's a, an interesting discussion point in terms of, just in terms of like thinking about the confidence, the um, the commitment that that would take, especially at a time when in 85, it's not like they were making it, you know, they weren't, they weren't at a point where, okay, I can now leave my job or school and go do this. They still had years of growth to go before they could get to that point. You know, I'm kind of envious of, not envious, I guess, but I kind of, I don't know. It, it just, I found that really, really interesting that, wow, he was able to do that. And then that actually happened. Um, and I know that Mike in the early days was the one who was running the newsletter and communicating with fans. And he was yeah. sort of the band's business manager in those early days before they really took off. I, I want to try to get some more details about what happened with him from that point on until 87, 88, because um, it's, it sounds like without, without that type of a realization, who knows what could have happened if he had gotten there or what. But they were playing whipping post when it happened. A 25-minute whipping post is what kind nice. of happened. Like. Yeah. Yeah, so, so um, I mean, okay, so what year was he born in? Because Trey was 65, I think. Yeah, right. So 20 years old-ish. I'll Google that while you're talking. Yeah, so I mean, listen, the, the thing back then is it's different now. Like when you're 20 and you literally only have probably student debt, you don't have a pot to piss in. Yeah. Like that's actually the time to make a decision like that. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Because like it. so what's the worst that happens? You live for the next five to 10 years in your buddy's basement with like six buddies, you know, like you all the whole band rents a house and everyone kind of works day jobs to scrape by while you're writing the music. Like that's the time. Like, I don't know, man, now when you're 40 and you have a family and there's people who expect something from you, you know, like our children didn't ask to be born. Mm hmm. Right? Like they, they, they didn't demand anything from us. We birthed them. That's part of our vision. So it's much different story now, right? Now it's like, if you want to make this happen, you are, you know, saying no to things that are frivolous, right? Like let's watch the football game or let's watch this. And, and you're spending time, you know, doing your craft and perfecting it on, on the weekend versus when you're 20, you're like, well, forget it. I'll just work at McDonald's. And when I'm on, not on writing shifts, I'll, you know, it's time. So that's, that's the time to do it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, uh, the, other, the other part of the epiphany was um, he wanted to play music for a living, but also wanted to be able to travel around and visit all kinds of cities, which yeah, kind of go hand in hand. Um, there's only one other person in my life I can think of that had not, not necessarily an epiphany, but they were always going to do this one thing. And that's yeah. Scott, and that's Scott Giflin, but the firefighter thing. Like I was obsessed yeah, yeah. from an early age, and that's all he ever really wanted to do. You know, I think all of our other friends and people that I'm close with figured it out and got into something. There wasn't this like yeah. 
oh my God, this is what I have to do. There wasn't that come to God moment. But um, I just found that story really, really fascinating. Uh, and it's definitely worth a listen if you haven't listened to it. It's a decent episode because they kind of talk about that, but then start to compare um, the era of Grateful Dead from that same time period in the mid 80s. Uh, with what Fish was doing in the mid 80s when they were climbing and growing and trying to become a band and they were moving from being known as kind of an Allman Brothers Grateful Dead cover band into their own thing. Um, Trey, Trey's purposely stopped, stopped listening to the dead for seven years like he made a point of not wanting to have anything to do with them he was tired of being compared to them and wanted to create his own thing so good episode definitely worth checking out. Um, and um i've always kind of sorry to interrupt you i've always kind of been jealous of um i mean i'm over it now but part of me has always been jealous of people who have been so clear on what they wanted to do with their life you know yeah yeah or like i can't breathe right like I, I don't know if you know who gary vaynerchuk is he's that business he's that entrepreneur that businessman right he's like i can't breathe if i'm not doing what i do right yeah i i agree with you there it comes up I work with a lot of younger people that are in school and they work where we work as a part-time gig until they figure out what they want to do. And what do you want to be when you grow up comes up quite a bit. And my answer to that is I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up to a certain degree. I, I also think we are, uh, I also think, and, and I'm going to use this on my own kids. I think we are far too hard on kids, man. You need to go to university you need to figure it out. Fuck no. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm 40 and I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Like, and it's already not starting with pressure, but Grace is in JK, junior kindergarten, and they're talking about what they're going to be when they grow up. And, yeah, yeah. And I keep I keep trying to coach her that Grace. The answer to that question is, I want to be the best person I can be. I want to help other people. I want to be. We don't need to label you with a profession or a thing that you're going to do. It could be. It, you don't have to answer that question that way. Um, but. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of pressure put on. And there's a lot of, like, um, have you watched the college admission scandal a documentary that's on Netflix? Totally worth checking out in terms of pressure being put on kids because that was all done by the parents who had to get yeah. their kid into a prestigious school yeah. and broke all these rules and spent all this money for prestige. Not, 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 not to really teach their for their own For their own prestige, not for their children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we live in a world with, hockey moms and soccer moms and hockey dads and all that stuff. And I have, I have a stepbrother who for years, his life was built around his son's hockey. Like, and the, and the daughters in that family got ignored. Nobody got like, it was all about this one kid and hockey. Uh, yeah. I can't bit off topic, but you're right. I think there's a lot of pressure that's put on kids. Um, oh dude, it's totally on topic. You know, for us, it's really simple. Are you happy? Is this going to make you happy? Is the decision to pursue this, going to make you happy or not it's going to make me happy well then you got to do it it's not going to make you happy well then you got to not do it hmm. are you happy that's it that's the criteria i don't care if you go to university like there's you're going to have to learn how to make a living yeah. right but yeah. like you can still be making there's a lot of people who are making fifty thousand dollars a year and are extremely happy i would take that for my children any day over a high income earner that's miserable and doing something that they hate yeah, if you've ever visited um, a third world country and you interact with people that live there, they're generally very happy people. They don't have a lot of the complications in their life that we do and all the other stressors that we add on. They're, it's a lot more simplified and simple, but they're happy. And, and that's, um, you know, that really should be the ultimate goal. But I agree with you that um, knowing, knowing what you want to do, having that guiding star, that 
is gonna is gonna take you there is the thing that I've always sort of envied because I never knew for me. I knew I'd be okay. I knew I'd figure it out. I knew I'd yeah. you know, be able to support myself and make a living, but I didn't have the, I am going to do this. Type yeah. So maybe I will. Maybe. We'll see. Um, dinner and a movie. Really good one. Really good one. Four, four ninety eight. Um, the little mini Island tour. Uh, we kind of previewed it a little bit last week. Um, similarly, you and I watched it over the course of a couple of days. I guess we're slowly becoming old men and we can't sit through a full <laughs> three, four hour show uh, live. Yeah, it's different, different type of energy. But when you're at home. Um, oh, I can, I can just to clarify. I can, I can. Okay. My wife falls asleep and I want to watch it with her. Gotcha. Well, that's nice of you. Um, yeah. Rather than watching it and then going back and watching it the second time with her. That's, that's very yeah. good. I guess it's one of those things, right? You choose to see a movie together. If you go see that movie with somebody else, oh boy, you get in trouble. So, dude, I think I've heard the island tour. Like, this is one of those ones I keep coming back to. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If you're looking for a good, you know, 10, 11 hours of awesome fish, those four shows uh, stacked up against each other are awesome. Especially because when you think about those four shows, and really, as I'm thinking this through while I'm saying it, you know, Fish typically um, does a full tour. They will have an album that they're promoting. So there's a bit more of a quote unquote reason to go out and tour. Um, yeah. This one, there wasn't, right? There was nothing. It was just, they wanted to do four shows. They wanted to sort of keep sharp over uh, the break until the summer tour. Um, uh, Story of a Ghost hadn't come out yet. I'm sure they were recording and working on it. Do you know when it got released in 98? I think back. Uh, I, think, I think fall. Yeah, so they were clearly working on it. It was only um, the second Birds of a Feather. The first one was on 4-2. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, um, so I watched the first set Tuesday night and then fell asleep and woke up to another, like YouTube just goes into another fish concert typically. Yes, yes. Something else at like 3 a.m. going, what the hell? Okay, nice. I'm going to go up to bed. Nice. And then I set aside uh, with Good Friday, the holiday, I was able to stay up late and watch set two on Thursday. Um I have a quick little story again in, in, involving uh, Megan coming in. I was watching yes. uh, uh, Brother. Brother, of course. If you had to tell me what song she came in, right? And let me guess, she came into someone's definitely jumping in the tub with your brother. 100%. 100%. And I was like, you know, this is like the first time to play it. <laughs> you didn't give a shit. It was just son of a bitch. Like of all, you know. <laughs> There's 2001, and 2001, for the record, is one of the first, um, obviously, it's on a song by Fish, but I was listening to Fish years, like, I think when I was starting to get back into it, getting back on the train uh, in early 2019, it would have been, we were driving somewhere, and that came on, and she went, oh, they play also Sprock, or Zarathus, Zach, I don't even know what it is, I know it is 2001, uh, also Sprock, Zarathustra, or something like that? Zarathustra, or something like that. Yeah, she's like, oh, I know this song. And I was like, oh, okay, because she was in band in school and all that stuff. And she went, oh, this is cool that they play that. Um, so she couldn't walk in on that. Couldn't couldn't walk in on Ghost or Lizards or Bowie. No, you know, you got to come tell me you're going to bed in the middle of Brother. Um, whatever. <laughs> uh, but really, really good show. I will say we. I mentioned this a while ago, and you said it was a matter of style and clothing. And I still maintain that um, Trey Trey is the only one who is skinnier now than he was in 1.0. The other three have all gained weight. He's the only one that's lost weight since then. He was no. Mike, was Mike looks better. Mike looks better, man. Mike looks like he has more muscle mass now. Yeah. Well, so 
okay, it's maybe not thinner, but um, Trey, Trey was, I don't know, maybe at that point, he was just overindulging, but he looked a bit chubby to me. I don't yeah. know. He had sort of like the dad bod thing going on and uh, it was- Well, they were, they, were, they, were, they were playing rock star, I think, like in the late 90s, right? Like this was like- They had gotten there. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, I think I think I've heard Trey reference that many, many times. Like that they were playing rock star in the late nineties, two thousands. Yeah. I mean, I gotta believe that when you're up and coming, that's part of the dream is to get there. You know, kind of kind of reminds me of that episode of Seinfeld when she's dating a guy who's on his way to becoming a doctor and she keeps telling her friends that he's a doctor. And then when he finally becomes a doc, because that's the lure. You would date somebody who's a doctor to tell them that you're dating a doctor, and then he becomes a doctor and he dumps her because the dream of becoming a doctor is dumping the person you're immediately with to be with somebody better um it just makes me laugh um really good energy in that show though like i i mean it, it non-stop uh not a lot of breaks song and a song and a song just non-stop playing like i don't know really in the second set there's not a lot of time in between each song they just seem to run on and play for a good 90 minutes and the energy level's fantastic well i think i th- I, I, again, I think looking back, I think that's what I missed the most, you know, from 1.0 was they were clearly excited to get this material out to people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, the level, just like how many times like Trey yelled, yeah, you know, from the stage it was incredible. Like it, it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting to be around somebody that cares so much and that is so like excited and passionate to play. Yeah. You know, like somebody who like knows his instrument so well and like positions his body, you can see like, you know, when especially it was so clear when they were playing the, the, the last part of Lizards, how important and how perfect the pitch was to every note because he knew how to, he, he knew how to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just, I really, really enjoy it. I typically, if I'm watching, I've got something else going on or whatever, so I'm not like 100% focused. But for that one, I was like, I was just sitting here watching purposefully, really, really, really trying to take it all in. And um, oh, dude, it's like, dude, it's like when, you know, it, it's like when when Michael Jordan or Kobe would go warm up, like you, you would watch. Sure. Like every movement was purposeful. It all meant something. It was literally like just amazing to, to be witness to that. Yeah, to witness a master class and somebody who's, who's that who's that proficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, any highlights? I mean, there's a lot of highlights from that show. I mean, first set opens with a, a 17 minute tweezer, uh, which is great. Taste was really, really good. Um, yeah, I think so. What's that? That taste was stupid. Yeah, now, bouncing around the room for me is is um, I don't know. Like I know it's I know it's a considered the most popular song amongst non-fish fans like like that was a sort of a single that broke out and uh you know people of our age in university knew that knew that song um but it's almost for me a bit of a prince caspian song is that it kind of brings things down a little bit um yeah but whatever we got it out of the way early on funky bitch which is growing on me i will say funky bitch uh-huh. is growing on me. it's not one that i've traditionally loved but um I don't know. It's just got that dirty bluesy guitar feel that I'm, that's starting to grow on me more and more. Is that something that you tend to navigate to, like when you're playing? Like, do you go to the blue blues based fish stuff, like when you're playing music, or do you go to more? No. Why no, I like the I like the stuff that makes it classic fish, right? Like yeah. Reba and David Bowie yeah. and Fluff. Yeah, and then you got Jim Singh, or sorry, Jim Singh Sullivan, Limb by Limb, Lawn Boy. 
Uh, I like Lawn Boy. It's awesome. There, there was a time I didn't. I love, and I'm pissed off at myself that that was my run to the bathroom break song. Uh, <laughs> you should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a diaper next time. I don't care. Uh, and then character zero to close out that first set. Birds of a feather. Um, every time I hear that, especially at that time, I think of the opening to Bittersweet Motel when they're practicing yep. it in the rehearsal room and, yeah. and uh, into 2001, along 2001. I think a lot of people forget the 2001s used to be long jams. Now, if you look at anything in 3.0, they're seven, eight minutes long for the most part. You're not going to find a longer 2001. I love a good 2001, and that one was special. Me too. Yep. Brother, um, it's listed on the set list twice because they because they leave it with the jam and come back to it. Um, yeah. And then Ghost, nearly 18 minutes long, The Lizards with David Bowie. So it, it, I call it a six-song set. I mean, Brothers in there twice. Uh, and then Harry Hood. Fucking great. Fucking great. Yeah. I don't know, man. Pretty much, you know, pretty much with that show, when they play the first notes to to Birds of a Feather, it's pretty much it's pretty much blast off from them from there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, go, Ghost is slow; it's not radio friendly, but it, it, it builds, you know. And uh, even like like the newer Ghost, they they do it a little bit differently. In these early versions, they start right into the um, lyrics, right? They don't have that slow yeah. build that they do now. But in but in more modern Fish, when I hear that sneaking in. From the last song and they start into that groove i get i get really excited um yeah so really really good show uh i'm hoping it's looking like there'll be another dinner and a movie hopefully for this month we'll see um Kevin, they haven't said anything otherwise so yeah there hasn't been a nail on the coffin there hasn't been a hey thanks for enjoying all these dinner and movies here's your here's your last one uh you know if it keeps going in lieu of a tour we'll keep you being able to send fish which is good so we'll see I think um, you know. I don't know, man. I think you, I think you have to. I think you have to put these these four shows, particularly this one. They, I'm glad they picked this one because this is the best out of the four. Yeah. I think you got to. I think you got to put these up with the all time ones. You know. Hmm. Hmm. I would say so, based on the reaction, and um, it, you you don't see anything negative about those shows. And I will say, coming back to the word penultimate last week, I've been maintaining for a long time that when Fish does a three night stand, a four. I was thinking about this. A festival. Thinking about it. Um, the New Year's Eve runs, the twelve thirty shows are almost always the best of the New Year's runs. The second night of the three day runs and festivals are typically the best of the three. The four night runs, the penultimate, like it's, it seems to be the next to last gig of a little run seems to be some of the best that they do. Um, and I don't know if it's just a, I mean, I don't think they feel pressure, but it just seems to be the way it goes. You know, the, those 1230s, uh, there was a post in Reddit about somebody asking about the best 3.0 shows and uh, a lot of 1230s in there from different years. They're just sort of peppered. And I'm, I'm listening to a 1230 now, I'm just about done from 2010. And it's been really, really good. Like one of the best of the year, if not. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's all we got, man. Anything else? What would you want, moving forward with dinner and a movie, what would you want to see? I would love to see, and it's going to be a little bit of time. Um, I would love to see a full, a full day of the great went. I'd love to see mm-hmm. day two of went um be long three sets 
I would love to see that. I would love, to, I mean, Cypress Creek isn't likely given, given its length. An anniversary is already coming on a couple times with that without anything. Um, this year uh, is the 25th anniversary of Clifford Ball. So I wonder if they could play into that and do a, and do a Clifford Ball dinner movie, which I already have that. I can watch that anytime. But yeah, I would say Great Went, maybe Lemon Wheel would be cool. Um, yeah, I would agree. You know, um, again, going back to the 1.0 era, because we have every note, your point from a couple weeks ago from two and three, um, or maybe something unreleased. Like, I, I don't know if there's any valid, like, sound check videos or behind the scenes type stuff that could work. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I, there's got to be, there's, I'm sure there's tons of, there's, go to YouTube. There's a ton of unreleased, officially unreleased content that's out there. Um, but yeah, something that's unique, something that's different. And ultimately, something with great jams. That's ultimately what I want to hear. You know, uh, as I move forward more and more, that's what I love. That's what I want to hear more of. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what we all want to hear more of. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, look, content's good content. I don't care. We love fish. It doesn't matter. Um, I agree. Yep. So we'll see. I agree. I mean, we'll play the waiting game and uh, try to keep the positive spin on things and be thank thankful for what, what we've got, like we see every week. That's it. You got it. All right, brother. Well, yeah, uh, everybody out there in the fish world, have a great week. Comment, like, subscribe. Um, I don't know, make up a poster, put it on a poll and tell people about the podcast, whatever. whatever. Good idea. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great week. Talk soon. Finish. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.